All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What the fuck nicks? What's happening? It's Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. I'm broadcasting from a hotel room in New Haven, Connecticut. A pleasant hotel this is. It is called The Blake, and the rooms are nice. There's a whole kitchen here. Uh, poor Dino, man. Dino saw this room, and he's like, that's all I need, man. I just I could live in that room. It's perfect. And uh, so I don't know. He might. I might leave him here, and he might live here. I'm not, I'm not clear on that, but I'll see you in a few minutes when we're supposed to leave. I, hey, it could happen. Weirder things have happened. We have one more gig here. Uh, by tomorrow, uh, when you hear this, I will be flying home and we will have done it. But uh, I will say this. This has been a, a great and emotional, somehow emotional little journey uh, that uh, I've, uh, I've embarked on here with uh, my buddy Dean Del Rey. Juliet Lewis is on the show today. Um, she's, uh, she's in this, uh, Facebook watch mystery series, Sacred Lies, The Singing Bones. It's in, it's on the, it's in its second season and it's now streaming. She's also going to be on this, uh, Bon Scott tribute that, uh, Dean's doing. We've done a couple of these where a bunch of us get together and jam and play the, uh, the music. And that's March 10th at the Avalon in Hollywood. So that's that's going to happen. I, you can go to, I guess, deandelray.com to get tickets, but she's going to be involved with that. She's a, She sings the rock music. But anyway, so at the end of last year, we marked 10 years of doing WTF, and we thought it would be cool to have some merch that celebrates 10 years of being here. So we got together with the artist Johnny Jones, who did the amazing album cover for our Record Store Day release. Johnny went to work on this and came up with the Decades of Domination Collection. You can see the designs on our Twitter and Facebook and Instagram pages or at podswag.com slash merch. You really got to see these designs to appreciate them. But the uh, the best I can describe them is that they include uh, laser cats, uh, giant tentacles, UFOs, and global annihilation. How's that? And you can get the Decade of Domination designs on a signed limited edition poster, a glow-in-the-dark t-shirt, and something we've never offered before, a writing set which includes an embossed notebook, a WTF pen, and a gift box. We've got some enamel pins coming in the near future as well. So uh, come and celebrate a decade of domination with us. We've all earned it, God knows. Go to podswag.com slash WTF or just go to WTFpod.com and click on the merch link. Okay? So as I was rambling there about this journey... It, there was something about the end of this tour, the end of this material, and coming back to this part of the country that just, I don't know, I, I, was, I was really looking forward to being in New England in the winter. I, I know that sounds crazy. I didn't know whether or not the, it would be snowing or there'd be snow everywhere or it would be a problem. You know, I rented a small SUV just in case. But these are the, this, this is the region I started in, and these are the gigs that I used to do when I was coming up. Uh, not even coming up, at the very beginning, driving around these highways, around these states, specifically Maine, uh, Connecticut, Rhode Island, uh, not Huntington, New York. I never went out on the island that much. So, you know, kind of flying into Maine and landing in Portland and just feeling that brisk cold and just, you know, having a season, having, you know, bringing my warm clothes, layering up 
and and getting ready to do these shows and just looking forward to eating seafood and and driving along you know I ninety five and just looking at that scenery in the winter those bare trees the sort of grayness of it all the the sort of uh, it, just the hours I spent driving into mysterious places not knowing what the gig would be like, where it would be, how it would be set up, who would come at any sort of random pub or bar and grill or disco or bowling alley where the subcontractor had set up the comedy night and just that weird anticipation, smoking Marlboro cigarettes, you know, over one after the other, just driving up, looking at my notes in one of my dad's old cars, one of the Honda Accord LXs that I uh, inherited from him. Driving up, and sometimes the heater not working. Sometimes driving all the way up from New York to Maine. I mean, I did a I did a show in Machias, Maine, which I think is the furthest point east uh, in in this country to open for an X-rated hypnotist when I was starting out. Frank Santos and I just kind of noticed as we creeped up the coast how the gene pool got tighter and things got weirder. And I tell you, man, there's something about I guess full circle about closure, nostalgia. I don't know what, but we're you know I'm just kind of let go of a lot of my anxiety and and engaged in this process, you know, to do these shows. And it's been pretty fucking great. Uh, it's really been pretty great. But the other element of, um, you know, of what's happening for me is that I'm letting go of this material. I'm letting go of about an hour and 15 minutes of material because it will be on Netflix on March 10th. And, and that's the end of it. And it is a, a sort of, um, it's got a dark through line. I don't think it's cynical. I think it's uh, exciting. It deals with a lot of what we're going through now with a, a certain amount of uh, hopelessness and a feeling of powerlessness and pushing back against that. And now, uh, and how we do it as people, but maybe I'm reading too much into it. It's very exciting that, you know, out of Nevada, the the sort of, now, the national dialogue around politics is going to be actually progressive. And, uh, and you know, class issues are going to really come to the fore. It's a, you know, I don't know how everything's going to fall out or how everything's going to play out. But uh, it's a very exciting time. I don't know if, uh, if I'm hopeful per se, but I'm excited. Uh, but here's, a, here's an email from somebody that moved me because I, I do get down on myself about sometimes about the type of material I'm doing or, or what I'm putting people through or, or how they respond to it. Cause I don't really know. I don't know. I, I, I move this stuff through my heart and through my mind and, and through my hands and through the pen. And I, and I don't know it's what I have to do. So I don't really know how it lands all the time. And after doing it more and more and, and sort of adding to this conversation that I've created over the last couple of years, I get excited about it, but it gets heavy, man. So I got this uh, email from uh, someone named Orla. Subject line, Providence Columbus Theater Feedback. Totally balls. Go Jews. <laughs> My man. Wow. Longtime fan. What an incredible show last night. Part sarcasm, part death, part life, part after death, part Armageddon, part abstract introspection, part intellectual, part imaginative. I want you to know your closing joke is as funny as you think it is. I feel like you were su suspended in disbelief as each part unfolded. It was brilliant, and the clarity of its deeper meaning was so refreshing to hear. What a relief there are people out there who see this for what it is, authoritarianism on the rise. We are at the fucking end of times, and end game scenarios are worth contemplating. Dig it. I say dig it. It was so incredible to hear a rational person speaking with such charisma and well-thought-out rhetoric. And you're nice. 
It really made me think of ancient citizens just discussing worthwhile topics in public spaces like Socrates and Plato. That's my answer to your question at the start of the show when you were like stretching your sciatica and then you just kind of exposed your flesh and bone with the statement, what do I know really? Well, I'll tell you what you know, man. You know what the fuck is up. You have a unique perspective founded in reason and facts and your message resonates. Your work and the things you say are an echo in this era for reason and goodness. You have the power to deliver messages to a theater filled with people and millions more each day. More than that, you are the mark of an era. Not so much a leader as more of a spokesperson for people everywhere that are just like, what the fuck? And it's just so nice to hear logical things being said out loud and the occasional joke doesn't hurt. And you examine life out loud as it unfolds and people need to do that more. So thanks. All the very best, Orla. P.S. Socrates was actually a Jew. Is that true? Oh, I just I don't want to forget this because this was a pretty important. We're driving. We're driving down to Providence and we're doing a live uh, Instagram thing. And someone or someone on my Twitter says you got to go to Empire Guitars. And I don't go to a lot of guitar shops. I, I get overwhelmed. I get tired. I get bored. But we decided we went online on the phone to look at what they had. And it was a real deal place. They had real vintage shit. And uh, I don't know, man. I just saw this. Les Paul Jr. They had they had several Les Paul Juniors from the 50s and 60s. One double cutaway Les Paul Jr. with the single P90. I don't know much about guitars, but I know I like that sound. And uh, I don't know, man. The rest was sort of like, I put it up on my Instagram. Dean shot it. You can see the moment where I'm just like, I love this thing. I, I And decide, I fall in love with a guitar right there on camera. And I bought it, and they're shipping it out to me. It's my first vintage electric guitar purchase. It was completely reasonable. It was not, like, gross in any way and uh, in terms of cost. And I, I can't wait. It was so exciting. So that happened on this trip as well. I fell in love with a guitar and uh, married it. And I'm hoping, you know, that I, it's weird that we both had to be apart for a few days, but I hope when we finally come back together, we've made the right decision and the honeymoon is lovely. You will hear it. I will play it for you. So that was exciting. That was an exciting part of this trip. And now we were here in New Haven last night. Great, great show at the College Street Theater. Great food yesterday. I, I'm going to die, but I'll, I'll die happy, I guess. Uh, I got to get it together here. I got to drive down to Huntington, New York, which should be exciting. One more show, and then I will grieve the loss of this chunk of material, and it will exist as it did the night that I recorded the special in October in Los Angeles forever. Uh, new bits are evolving. There's about a half hour to 40 minutes of new material that's happening, and so I'm on my way. I guess I'm not going to quit doing comedy just yet. So I guess as, I, as we head into the interview here, I, I just want to thank the people of uh, Cleveland, Grand Rapids, Milwaukee, Tampa, Orlando, uh, Portland, Maine, Providence, New Haven, and most likely, I'll let you know on, on Thursday, Huntington, New York, for coming out to this uh, winter leg of this show, of this tour, the last legs of it. Uh, it's, it's really been a tremendous uh, good time. I've had a good time, and, um, and I'm, I'm happy to report that Sam Sylvia for this season of GLOW will be uh, the paunchy guy he was the first two seasons as opposed to the emaciated man he was the third season. 
All right, so Juliet Lewis and I talk back at the new studio at the house, and she, as I said before, is uh, in the Facebook Watch Mystery Series, Sacred Lies, The Singing Bones. Season two is now streaming. She'll also be singing on March 10th uh, at the Bon Scott Tribute with hopefully me, if I'm not shooting, and, and an all-star band for uh, Dean Delray's uh, Bon Scott Tribute. You can go to deandelray.com for tickets to that. But this is me talking to the amazing uh, Juliet Lewis, who I love, who everyone loves curious person, unique person, a one of a kind. You come from a big family. So I always describe, you would need a diagram. Oh, really? Like that? Well, it's simply put, both my parents were married several times. Oh, right. So my mom married three. My dad married four. When you say this out loud, it sounds insane, but it's it's what I know. Um, But I grew up with an older brother, and I grew up with a younger sister, and then I have half-brothers and sisters. So the the more immediate ones you have, like, a a more, a deeper relationship with, basically, or you're pretty close to Um, all? It's funny, because in my older years i'm extremely close with the half ones half different half ones and yeah you know with that must be kind of exciting it's almost like having a finding like you have this genetic sibling that you didn't know about or but not exactly like that but to have this maybe people who are really directly related to you but you just never got that close and all you of a never sudden... got that and then you learn about each other and you're like wow i really like you like one of my <laughs> brothers Bo, who lives in new orleans he he's I he's just one of my heroes. He was the one. He, yeah. I I don't think he would mind me saying this, but he was the one. You know, fifteen plus years ago, we always thought we'd get the call that. Oh, really? Wasn't yeah going to be here, right? And um, he turned his life around. I think sixteen years ago now. He's oh, really? Sober. He helps people. Um, and yeah, he's got so a he's sober, sober. He's doing oh, the, super doing sober. the thing. Doing the thing, walking the walk, just helping. And I, he's my hero because there's no type of person or personality he yeah. can't sort of jive with yeah. or right. commune with. Because he's open. Yes. And he's been through it. He's been through it. And actually, he, of course, is more um, helpful, you know, the underdog. Or Oh, yeah. I might lose my words today because every time I, when I have to do an interview, because there's like a little stress to form <laughs> sentences correctly. No, there's not. And then my mind will play a <laughs> trick and go, I'm going to remove words. this adjective that you always use. <laughs> yeah. All right. But wait, you're sober too, right? I can't. I knew we'd, I, I can't class. No, I'm no, not. not I'm anymore. not AA sober. Right. No, I, but I'm. As far as not, I don't do drugs right. like in this way or when I was a kid. I quit all street drugs when I was 22. Mm. So, and I street didn't. drugs. Uh, <laughs> with the, well, I wonder what makes that list. Weed. You still smoke weed? Even weed? No, no, no. I don't. Oh, even though it's legal now, I can't. I can't. And yeah. I was a crazy weed head when I was a teenager. I wouldn't be. I can't do it. Yeah. So you just like drink occasionally is what you Yes. Saying. Right. But you don't you don't find yourself in trouble with it. I find no, no, not not alcohol. That was the yeah. one thing I never. But yeah. I, but no, I get it. My trouble spots are my own mind being oh. too. Um, what's the word? Uh, uh, doom and gloom and oh, me too. The dr- I, dread. With, and with uh, as you're getting older, you know, I have the days where we're all gonna die. Oh yeah, so yeah. 
what's the point? You know, and you're like, well, I'm going to eat this (laughs) or whatever the fuck you're rationalizing. (laughs) Well, even I'm saying even to to invest in one's self, uh, you know, getting out of bed. That's that's before you're right. So I have to be really mindful of vigilant. Yeah. Against anxiety and depression. Yes. Hmm. Like I like I knew people who were um, I dated a woman who was borderline personality. And that's one of these ones where it's completely caused. It's a caused thing. Uh, okay. You know, it's like depression can be biological. Alcoholism can go for yes. generations. But, you know, borderline is like that someone bailed and right. left that person hanging. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. It is wild. Um, I, what I want to say, because it's, yeah. uh, wow, we just dove off the fucking deep end. We don't right have off. to. We don't <laughs> oh, have. my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And we didn't even say, how's your day today? How was your day? Oh, it was rough. It I was? just Well, no, because, you know, some days you don't want to Do talk anything? about yourself. <laughs> I, <laughs> today was one of those days? Yes. <laughs> is, I, there, is there or, a day? Or you don't want to be, I don't want to be me. Can we take a vacation right. from it or for do, a second? Or you don't want to do anything? Yeah, I'm. See, I my problem yeah. is either I work, 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 and I have to be invested yeah. and focused. That's why characters and being right. invested in that way and focus because I really can chew on something. Mm-hmm. You know, a dramatic story. Lose yourself a bit. Yes. Yeah. When I'm not um, doing that, that's the navigation. The, yeah. The life, but no, I. It's today is fine. I always get uh, very anxious about doing anything. You know, whether it's talking to people that come over. Or having to show up for shit yeah. like I get and I used to think it, a lot of my negativity and the dread is just um, it's just anxiety yeah it's just fucking anxiety yeah and that's the way my brain deals with it like there's no way to get out from under it so I just sort of I just resign it to like oh, it's gonna be tough it's gonna be bad it's gonna be you know whatever and isn't it the thing because I've had a week I have to do promotion yeah. stuff where um, there's a thing of what do you force yourself, or even yeah, but seeing a friend. What do you force yourself to do because right. you know in the end there is connectivity. Yeah. It does get you out of yourself. And what do you go? No, I'm not. Today's not the day. Right. You know, work stuff. I don't have that luxury. I, I want to. I force be a myself. team player. Yeah, we force ourselves. But the promotion thing, you know how it goes. Like because I I've dealt with that too. And and this is it's hard to do it in this particular format. But you figure out a few things you say. Yeah. And you go do the thing. And they all seem happy. No one's like, I don't know. Oh, no, they're lovely. Oh, wait, can I just say, because we got off into the hemming and hawing, I've been wanting to meet you for a very long time. I feel that. I felt that that was true. Yes. It was a while ago, right? We were supposed to meet several times. I wanted to do your show. Yeah. Just didn't work out scheduling-wise. Right. Um. But oh, here's the big takeaway right. in our modern day li- world and being older and experienced mm-hmm. is you realize even when you're doing all that showbiz yeah. shit and you got to sit down, you know, people don't know at home uh, uh, the the or in their cars or the junket you are, business that where you're talking to someone every five minutes, a right. new face, new face. Yeah, hi, we're so and so from Texas, blah blah blah, and they <laughs> talk to you. when you realize everybody's doing a job that day. Like, you don't know what their kid is sick or right. their dad's in the yeah. hospital. Yeah. You know, you're not the only one. So once you realize you guys are kind of on the same side as right. human beings, right. that's that's a big shift from when you're a total egocentric child. Or self and 20, self-centered. Yes. That's like, that's like uh, you just provided people with an empathy tool. 
Yeah, good. Right? Because that's because that's what happens. Like a lot of times, especially when you're a public personality and you get like ten emails about ten different things of people wanting something right. from you. You because you've gotten ten, none of those people know you've gotten ten. Yes. But you you just lump them all together into this one sort of like, don't they know I want to have a life? Yes. That I don't have all the time to and it's it's you can't separate it sometimes because it's all coming at you at once. Yes. But that's a good point. Even with fans, you know what I mean? They come up to you and you're like, yeah, I try to be always be gracious because mm-hmm. who the fuck knows? And my fans are very specific. If they're in I trouble, was wondering about if that. they're in trouble, they'll they'll tell me. Oh, you so know? you get people who are sharing. Oh, yeah. Well, because you share. Right. So much. And then I get emails sort of like, you got me through. I'm lucky to be well, here. It's nice. Yes. Why? What kind of fans it's do you deep. have? I feel the same way. Like there are people. One time, you know, it's so I got to explain yeah. a couple things. Okay. There was. When I was 19, I lost my anonymity. And I now, I love these terms, and I don't want to offend people or war veterans who use this term PTSD. Yeah. Um, but uh, there was a, a shift energetically when you're an introvert. So yeah. I was an introvert when yeah. I was younger. People don't associate me with right. this color of being uh, sort of quiet. Yeah. Um, but, so I lost my anonymity. And what so do you mean anonymity? Anonymity, meaning I was now, if I went into a coffee shop, oh, I see the energy- oh, so you oh, became there, a public- It became per- this. Yeah. Look at that girl. Do you see her? She's oh from God, the- she's Well, from Cape Fear? Yeah. Right. It was Cape Fear is what, yeah. what really um, did it. So it, I, I had anxiety. I feared public places. How it manifested itself, I actually fear- um, that violent violence because it's energy right. I can't control. So I get these violent images. Someone, I mean, now Someone's our, gonna hurt our time fucking right. validates it. Yeah. But back then, right. So, so I would get anxiety in, in, in public places. Right. Anyway, you thought someone was going to hurt you? Not me in particular. Oh, Wait, just in general. I, just in general, I, I was the scared. Shit was going to go down. Yeah, I was just scared yeah. of the right. the energy I couldn't control. Yeah. So. What I was trying to get at is you said fans. One day after I grew up a little bit, oh, I had this great therapeutic exercise that actually helped me, (laughs) uh, helped rid some of my uh, panic attacks was a Rolling Stones concert. Oh, that's great. It was an amazing exercise. What, 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 the, what do you mean? How does this happen? Okay, so I went with my friend, coincidentally, yeah. Mike, Mike Rappaport. We go back <laughs> early 90s. He's a talker. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. So he was, just a, he was just an actor back when. He's doing stand-up again, you know. Oh, yeah, I, well, I saw his show. He's where he just goes up and he basically does exact. He can exactly. be standing on a street corner talking to one guy or being on stage doing the exact same thing. It was crazy. Yeah. I watched him and I, you know, you don't know and you're coming out to support your friends, but he killed it. He yeah. did great. Well, he's a character. He's a character, yeah. but he did great. He did have- Where at the comedy store? Um, where was In Burbank. Was it oh, Flappers? Flappers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he did great. He had set up bits mm-hmm. that, and they worked. Well, he started as a and comic. funny. Kinda. I did not know this. A I little bit. I don't know bit. this. Not, you, but, I know him as a dramatic actor. Well, no, before he did Zebrahead or whatever the hell that first movie was. Yeah, that was a movie. Yeah. He was like his sister, his half-sister, Claudia, her, her father is the part owner of the improv. So he sort of started- as doing stand up to get sort of seen, but he, he I did have no have, idea. He, he, I'm, you're, you're just hearing Isn't this for the crazy? first time. 
I'm just hearing this, but isn't it crazy that now in midlife, sometimes you're old seeds, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you come into fruition, yeah. these seeds that were right. planted earlier. That's such a trip. Yeah. Now you can bring it up. And now right. he's doing he, it. Yeah. Well, he did it, like I said before, but then he, I think he just did it to get into the acting. Yeah. And then he got into the, what movie did you do with him? Well, we knew each other from an ex-boyfriend, <laughs> an ex-boyfriend of mine yeah. who he worked with. Oh. And then me and Mike, so we knew each other then, and oh. and then we did this little tiny independent that my friend wrote that no one really saw called Some Girl. Uh-huh. Okay, so mm-hmm. you go to the Rolling Stones concert. We go to the Rolling Stones concert, and then this, I love how the mind works, because I'm going to benchmark it. We're going to come. You originally asked me, do you yeah, like yeah. your fans? Right. I'm going to- We're getting okay. there. But so- This is the tool. This is the, <laughs> this is the Rolling Stones tool for- being outside safely in your mind. It was a therapeutic exercise. Mike asked me to go, and he didn't know all the struggles in my head. I'm picturing, it's Dodger Stadium. Oh, big one. When was this? Uh, 98. Okay. It might have been Babylon. Yeah, that sounds right. The Wheels of Babylon. Yeah, Yeah. something like that. I saw your whole thing. Was it the Wheels something? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, is that great? I differ on a couple things with you, but. Okay, so. Meaning I'll just accept artists. As long as they're not drunk oh, and a oh, mess, oh. I will accept them at a hundred. I will sure. accept them at you know Yeah. Well I think anyway. I, I, I I think I kinda do. I think that my discomfort around that kind of stuff is yes. a projection. Because Absolutely. Because I, I know I'm getting older. Yeah. And there's part of me that's sort of like, why the fuck do they keep doing it? Because I don't want to do it anymore. Yes. <laughs> like, you're like then when do I get to stop? I don't really want to stop, but there's part of me that's sort of like, it's so much pressure. How much Instagram do I have to do? Yes. Do I have to tweet? You're Why like, is someone person- point me the way. Oh, no, he doesn't do it. Well, yeah, exactly. You want to be they, pointed right. the way. But then you know, but you know people and you see how much they post and you're like, oh, this is fucking horrible. I knew this. That was my in- intro to social media was being in a little uh, independent band. You know, right. Oh, no yeah. label or anything. I literally handed out Juliet and the licks Juliet and the licks so was, but that was like probably that uh, but that was my space probably that was my space right. 100% and then uh, Twitter just started right oh my god I couldn't get over it. I was like what people just say we sentences into space <laughs> for no reason to no one and now it's driving Why? the entire planet Ugh, it is I the hate it. the wild id of everything I, All right. Okay, go on. So you uh, go to the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones. Yeah. I literally, so one of my favorite movies that helped, helped me through my darkest times, mm-hmm. I, which was when I was 22, I mm-hmm. quit, quit drugs. I had a couple things. It was a Bob Dylan uh, song. And, which um, one? She Belongs to Me. Oh, yeah. The lyrics in that song. Oh, yeah. She's got everything she needs. She's an artist. artist. She, she don't look back. Best. She's it's a hypnotist a, collector. I am a walking antique. Is that what it is? Yeah, you it's remember crazy. the far out ones because yeah. I bear I fuck up the second line, so I'm not gonna say it. I just I'm always sort of like, what does that mean? <laughs> Yours is I can understand. The first two, they're like that makes all the sense in the world, and then he goes off into metaphor. Yeah. It's cool as shit. Um, okay, so what's happening? Stones. Oh, what about Bob? So what about Bob? Uh, um, Bill Murray. The thing Richard Dreyfus, Bill Murray. Yeah, he's yeah. a hypochondriac. Yeah. So I get out of the car. I love, you're playing pinball with my mind right now. At the now. Stones this concert. This is how it happens. So I get out of the car. Where what about Bob ties in is I go, 
baby steps out of the car, yeah. baby steps <laughs> through the parking lot. Yeah. All right, all right. No right. one's, there's no shootout right. We're in the parking lot. And Mike was so cool. I don't know if he remembers it the way I do, but he sort of, I explained my deep anxiety and he kind of held my hand through it. Like, you doing okay, Jules? Yeah. He calls me Jules. There's like three people in this world that calls me Jules. He's one of them. You doing okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. All right. We're uh, in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're getting there. And so we get to Dodger Stadium. He, I believe he got, he had good t- uh, tickets. Yeah. We're on the floor um, of Dodger Stadium. They haven't come on yet. He wants to go and get a soda. Yeah. And he's like, you going to be okay? Yeah. Um, well... <laughs> I, I'll try because we got to yeah. hold our. It's like standing room. There's yeah. no. It's a. Sure, you gotta, you're on the floor. There's you no hold seats. The space. Yeah. So um, so I go. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be okay. Just lie because yeah. I'm trembling. And so as an exercise, I made myself turn around and look at all the seats and all the people. Yeah. In Dodger Stadium. And it was, you know, like the sky, so it was a uh, trepidation, but, but I looked around and I, you know, anxiety ridden, but I did an exercise and yeah. looked at that much yeah. rather than had um, blind uh, blinders on and like just- Freaked you just, out in your own head? Yeah. Yeah. So I made myself look at that yeah. part and then he came back. And then here's where the therapy happened. Mm. <laughs> Once the fucking show started, yeah. something came over me. And I had fan energy. I yeah. had, and me and Mike joke about it, where me, Mick and Keith, yeah. I'm like, we love you, Keith! Yeah. You know, and I'm like, he's looking at me, and yeah. I'm all my, I'm like a fan, a yeah. super fan. So I, it was weird, because this shift of understanding fanaticism and being that made me somehow understand it not like i'm keith but you get people have been excited to well no it's yeah. like it's like that's exactly what that's for though is to relieve the existential predicament of you like hero worship yeah and believing in or having gods among the living is a great way to displace almost all of your anxiety i think it's great <laughs> so how does that help you when you go into the supermarket I don't know, but something, <laughs> sorry if I get too loud, something shifted. You right, know, you have right. these moments in your life mm-hmm. where you have a little bit of, oh, okay, a new new revelation. I yeah. was in my mid-20s at that point. And right. So uh, that was helpful. I had one of those yesterday, actually. A minor one, revelation. Okay. It was, um, That's cool. I was just walking out of my house and I realized, like, I, I don't have to go anywhere to retire you know, like there's always this part of my mind where it's sort of like, I'm going to quit and I'm, get, I'm getting out. I'm going to go get a cabin. <laughs> I can't believe it. I always have thought this. <laughs> yeah. I may. Okay, yeah. go on. You know, the like cabin, I'm gonna, the ca- get off the grid. Right. My boyfriend thinks this yeah. way. I'm like, oh. you don't want to live. Yeah. How long is that yeah. going to last? Uh-huh. But but there is that party yes. that's sort of I'm going to move to Ireland. Like the shit's going to go down with if Trump's reelected. I'm going to get out and whatever. But then I just had this moment where I'm like, wait, this is nice here. Yeah. I mean. It, what I'm, it's my sense of retiring or slowing down is really about like, I'm fucking, I'm anxious. I'm done with this shit. I don't like the expectations. Yes. You know, like I'm like, I don't like the, the, the chase. You put on yourself and the, uh, right, the right. Right. Okay. And, and that's a mental thing. It's a, it's, a, I think it's just a take on that. Like, you know, no matter where you go, there you are kind of shit. Yes. You know what I mean? It's going to be the same until you change. It's an inside job, man. Well, <laughs> here's the thing is, 
those things we know, yeah. it's important to realize them anew every yeah. single time like it's a new thought. Oh, yeah. You just keep realizing, be in the moment. Well, sometimes That's it. Be in the moment. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel that my entire career as a comic is, has something to do with, with facing fear. Yes. Now, what do you think when you go up on stage in whatever incarnation of you is the Juliet and the Licks, is that a character? No. Hmm. I get asked this. Oh, and I face my fears when I do any kind of acting work because sure. that, that mechanism, like, Psh, you're doing that? You're not good enough. All that oh, shit that, yeah, yeah, tunes yeah, yeah. in. But no, uh, the licks is, I don't know what I'm going to do ever. It, musically, I'm so, I have to defeat uh, being, I have to re repurpose. Right. Um, but the licks was my, what I liken as my, sort of like a high school band, but not in high school, but in thir when I was 30. Yeah, yeah, 30. No, but I, yeah but it's good. Um, but when it, people ask, to me it was like, a, an exercising of all your emotionality. I always mm. say I'm an emotionalist. Mm -hmm. So that was in rock and roll music and I became, for me, I was like a conduit of 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 the instruments, like right. the drumming. I was tapped into yeah, yeah, to drumming, bass, guitar, and then together we'd write songs. But they're very derivative uh, rock music because yeah. that's that's what I was able to do at yeah. that time yeah. with my uh, bandmates. And um, but we were really, I was really proud of the shows because yeah. the shows were. Um, all about connectivity and people. I wanted them to lose lose their minds. Yeah, basically in the best sense. In the way that you did with Keith Richards. That's it. So, but you grew up in this business. Yeah, basically because I know, like your yeah. dad, Jeffrey Jeffrey Lewis. Like I remember him from when I was a kid. Yeah, like he was like in every movie. He's in a lot of movies, a lot of the Clint Eastwood movies, but he's got that face, character actor guy. You're saying exactly <laughs> what I grew up with. Yeah. Like you always know I'd always say you always know his face, you may not know his name and he's, right. he's a character actor and Comedy me, and serious movies. That's it. He can do everything. And I always to me that's it, it, there's I just follow so much of my dad's footsteps in that way that I'm honored to be. I want to play characters. I didn't yeah. get into this business to be myself or to be cool. Right. Um, but yeah, I do feel a little defensive when people are like, you grew up like a Hollywood kid. Cause we no, did. No, it was no, no, but we didn't. We weren't very, uh, I grew up with not a lot of money with my mom initially. What'd she do? Um, well, she's ha was having children. So she's a mom, was a mom full time. Um, but she was a graphic, artist now they were but this is the 70s she would do so. promotional uh, stuff for companies oh, that right, kind of thing, right. but graphic design right like pamphlet you know but i always think of the 70s like yeah i i don't think of it as <clears throat> in the same way that i i think of like um i i don't i don't feel like i, I it was privileged but it seemed like a more kind of grittier more exciting time in hollywood like i don't i didn't wasn't thinking of you as some sort of uh, star like beverly child. hills no you no. know i wasn't that, that. no I, I, <clears throat> I wouldn't assume that your dad would be a Beverly Hills guy. No. I, I don't think Ned Beatty lived in Beverly That's Hills. That's it. Know? He's of that ilk, the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gene Hackman. Yeah. Well, um, Hackman's probably, like, Hackman sort of somehow transcended character acting. He did. But, uh, but Ned Beatty didn't. Ned Beatty's another one of those guys who's in everything. So awesome. But like, All those guys, yeah. But did you, wait, were those guys around? Who were his friends? He, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He wasn't, he, he wasn't really 
friends. He, you know, my dad's funny. What about he's, with Clint? He, he was in every yes. Clint Eastwood movie. First, I should say he's not here anymore. We're yeah. in the fourth year. Um, oh, sorry. Thank you. Um, and uh, and so, but when we were growing up, yeah, he yes, he was very. He would befriend like stuntman or stuntmen, yes. and and like he was really into. It was funny as he reached midlife, yeah. which is what I knew. He's kind of an older dad when I was a kid, maybe mid. 40s oh, yeah? 50s uh-huh. um and he would got into like street fighting and uh, taking muay thai my dad was so funny because he was such a um contradiction so uh-huh. he, he came up like he took dance in new york right he, he was, was a new of, york actor yeah in new york is uh, sort of renaissance sure. but he uh, and then he uh, got really into everything that was macho, yeah, like knife collecting, later guns, or... later, yeah. Because how can you say, have taken modern jazz with Martha Graham, and then you're like, you know, you then you wear it's interesting. Uh, what's those gun shirts, Hetchler and Koch, yeah, or some I forgot. What well, I mean, Hetchler. what do you make of that? Um. I don't know. My dad's a funny. I think he likes archetypes, and he was into. He was reaching into things that I don't know that he felt he totally was that. Well, he so like he would emulate oh, things okay. a little bit, right? Because yeah. like I mean, so he started like in that sort of New York scene in the late '60s and that kind of trip. Yeah, like, yeah. but he was. So where did they come from? We have a Lewis farm in Rhode Island. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? Dilapidated, meaning the, the, the family Lewis's. owns one. Yeah, my aunt, yeah. my aunt Nancy lives yeah. lives up there. Uh huh. And then he came with his parents to out in nowhere, uh, uh, Victorville. I, should, I shouldn't say that. The Victorvillians would think mm. they're somewhere. I just, it's Where's just that? desert. It's, it's here? And Wrightwood, it's in the mountains. Here? But yeah, in California. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. he grew up there and then went back to New York. My uh, my mom is from East the East Coast. She oh, yeah. went to like Cooper Union. Cooper Union, sure. Yeah. There, so they were like East Coasters for a bit. Yeah. Um. And but he started working late in life. Uh-huh. In midlife, he got success as an actor, like with uh, Clint Eastwood movies. Clint took a real liking to him. Yeah. Well, he did that. He was also, I guess, in some of those earlier. He was in that. Um, he was in Warren Oates Dillinger. He was in Dillinger. Yeah. Um, with a High Plains Drifter. Oh, yeah, he has yeah, yeah, this yeah. famous line. He's such a baddie. He does. Who are you? And he's like, That's it. oh my gosh. So, w- when did you start? Did you spend any time on sets? What, yes. Like, like, what planted in you? Yes. You did. So, my introduction to acting land was yeah. going, hanging out with my dad on sets. Uh, where we and there are a lot of cowboys, so we were on Bronco Billy. Oh, My yeah. first time being on camera is is because Clint is like, sure, put your kid in the <laughs> audience scene. Yeah, um, and there's a shot of just me uh, as being an extra in that movie. I was yeah. like seven, right? Um, but what I knew about this environment was it was really long hours. Yeah. All the sets I'd been on were dusty, right? Um, and there were really colorful, interesting people, yeah, that, that yeah. gravitated, of yeah, you know, from people with sorted backgrounds. Yeah. We have no idea. Yeah, same with rock and roll, yeah. people who set up the the sure. stages and right. So it's 
it was so I knew later in life, oh, okay, this is the line of work, quote unquote, you go into when you're live in your imagination or you like storytelling or characters, which I dreamed a lot of as a kid. That you, occupied you know, like, my headspace a it's lot. It's interesting. Like like when do you did you I hear this word storytelling so much now and I'm not sure I remember hearing it uh like before a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like, I mean, like, do you know, do you remember where you, when you started using that word? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've... Okay, well, I, for me, you know, you hear use th- phrases and you're like, oh, that, that describes it. Because I didn't I know what it was. It. I just noticed it. I'm not trying, I'm not judging you. No, okay. uh, because oh, like storytelling. Well, no, I talk to actors, I talk to directors. I'm and they're a like, storyteller. Right. They're, everyone's sort of like, it's really about telling the story. I'm like, did everyone always say this or is it a new thing? It's, <laughs> it's kind of new, There's right? There's so much new shit, too, that you're like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is the new thing. Triggered. I like this word. I'm like, all right, I'll take it. Authenticity. Authenticity. Yeah, that's a new one. Um, yeah. W- storytelling. So for me, though, I didn't know what it was called as a kid. No, I know. I was, just, di- I was. I believe. I I have to tell you too. I had the 70s, 80s. Mm. What do they call it? There's another phrase: latchkey kid. Latchkey kid. Yeah. Yeah, we were left alone a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Like it was, you might border on a little neglect. Uh-huh. So uh, my parents are awesome and they're artists, but we didn't have a lot of structure. Were I, they out, out partying? No, uh, no, working. My mom was right. still raised kids, but was working, working, I mean, working. So like, what, she had six total. My mom. Oh my god! So like, where are you in the lineup? So. Of my mom and dad's brood, it goes my brother, me, my sister. Yeah. And then she married again and had two, oh no, one kid. Yeah. And that's Bo, my hero, who's my hero. The New Orleans guy. Yep. And then there's another two kids she had from her third and final husband. (laughs) And she's still around? Yes. That's nice. Are they still married? No, oh. my mom has been single for an eternity. My mom, okay, it's my dream to play aspects of my mom. She's funny. You haven't done that yet? I, I've looked like my mom in yeah. film. Or coming up, actually, this Mark Ruffalo HBO show, I look so much like my mom. Anytime I curl my hair, she had curly red hair. She's this super is a, Irish. An upcoming show you're on. Upcoming show that he produced or he's in. He stars in. What is it? It's called "I Know This Much Is True" by from a Wally Lamb book. Uh huh. And it'll be a six part. Uh, you in all six? Limited. I'm in three. Great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you keep working. It's a part. It's a funny. Yeah. It's a f- and you got funny your mom. You can see your mom in there. I see not in the way I act in the show, but just yeah. visually, it's pretty hilarious. So when you start doing the work, Latchkey Kid hanging out, but there's three uh, and you know, before when yeah. did they get divorced? So when I was two. Oh, so really you're... little. I've always known my parents to be split. All right, so your so mom, you were with we your were mom. with my mom for a bit, and then when they decide, okay, I have more kids, and now you're doing okay financially, why don't you take the kids? It was like that. It was like a. Economics. So you always lived with one or the other. Yes. You never ran away, or oh yeah, of course. What are you kidding? <laughs> well, and I left home at fourteen. You could Where'd call you that running away. I set out to live in the world. Was I 14? 15. 14. It's really Who young. took you in? Okay, so <laughs> um, 
my f- uh, a family friend. Yeah. Her name is Karen Black. The actress. Yes. Okay. And she, I live. <laughs> Whose friend was it? She your dad's or your mom? Both. She was both my mom and dad's friend. I, I would go to her house when I was a kid. I knew her since I was a little wee baby. Um, it, here's the great irony yeah. is that working, and this is funny, as I look back, I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. Working in TV and film kept me out of trouble right for initially mm-hmm. I- until you know i imploded uh, fame fame was troubling right as a late as a teenager yeah um but initially i was you know a teenager di- ditching school failing hanging out with criminals really yeah that was the thing is when we talk about the mind, different people, different spirits, like you come into this mm-hmm. world just having a different, like for me, it was how much trouble can I get in and sure. survive? Yeah, and I, that's I, I not, kind of, you know, they, people would probably think something of this sort of me, but I don't know. I had that, we, that's odd because I had a similar <laughs> mindset in that, like, you know, how will I know if I'm losing my mind? Mm-hmm. That like I I was a little nervous about too much trouble, but like when it came to drugs or other kinds of stuff, right. I had this sort of like line. You're that pushing my, it. Like yeah, like will I know? Like if I lose my mind, I'm gonna stop. Like you're gonna know. How that. I was just. Do you know I've th- pondered on this because I thought I lost my mind once, and I did say to myself, "Oh, how you know you've lost my mind is you don't know." Right. Yeah. I well, don't know. When was that? That was oh when you were losing it. All right, so so you're running around. Did you finish high school or did you? I got my GED, and got a tutor. So I technically, but I did not finish high school. But you're acting starting when you're what twelve or what? Yeah, twelve and a half, thirteen. When did you 14. do Cape Fear, Cape Fear at fifteen? That I was playing younger, but I turned eighteen during the in, during right. the. Oh, so you did right. You did vacation the one the second vacation at fifteen. Yeah, yeah, right. That was great. And then you did yes, yeah, that's funny movie. Uh, this I'm having all these moments, Mark. I have to say, yeah, these midlife moments where you're you get to give a thanks. I don't know appreciation to yeah. the, the people that took a chance on me and or the reason I got from A to B. And so right. one of them is we had this little, which um, what do you call it, anniversary of, with uh, um, Christmas Vacation. You did? With Chevy Chase. Oh, that's right. I remember seeing pictures of that. And he, Beverly D'Angelo and Johnny Galecki, who went on to mm-hmm. do his show. Yeah. Um, it was really sweet, and Chevy was in good form, and, and it was just sweet, because that movie plays Every year for Christmas. What are the chances? Yeah, and you get those little checks. I get those little checks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they started putting some faces on merchandise. So oh, we, really? uh, oh, let's see really? what's, what's happening over there. It's yeah. still that pot. Really, it's still happening, huh? Yeah, they they uh, yeah they do Christmas vacation. Stuff. It's one. It's a holiday movie. It's a holiday movie. That's amazing. You made the cut. I don't know. I yeah. I don't know. I just showed. There's up. only a few movies that know. no that that end up making like Elf is another one, a yes. fairly modern movie that yeah. gets a lot of play. That's true over Christmas. So wait, Karen yeah. Black is a family friend and also one of the most inspired, unique actresses. Yes, ever. And she, you live with her a bit. And she was an influence. I mean, I, again, when you, it's a wild influence. I could see that. How did she influence you? She. 
Were you taking acting classes? Were you doing no. anything? So Nothing. part of my development is mm. stuff like playing charades at Karen Black's house when I was little, little, and yeah. her going, okay, now you're a such and such. She would just call out yeah. something to play. <laughs> right. And she validated me early on. She was really just a beautiful person. Is she still around? She's not around. She left or went, I hate the word, died. Yeah. um, Before my dad, so Uh hers would be five years ago. Um, But she really validated. You know, there's these key people who who encourage you you have a voice. I would have loved to see you guys work together. She wanted that very much. We never it never happened. Mm. I know we we wanted to play uh, mother and daughter. Yeah, but she's very much. I always call her sort of my creative mother of, uh, of sorts. And then you see her work. It's like oh okay, we're. She just, you can see the what similar. I don't know. Just when there's someone, not so much. Just just when someone's so individual, there's yeah. so much themselves. So that's all I ever strive to be is is unfiltered you know yeah. just being right so that's sort of counter like intuitive to character acting though you know what i mean like she could do all these things but she could never you, you, she didn't she may get lo- lost in a role but you always knew it was her there are these it's interesting i always notice this about actors is that some actors are always kind of themselves but they just turn some knobs yes but they all like clooney's great Right, yeah. great actor, but he's always Clooney. Yeah. But he can make adjustments to where you believe anything he's doing because yeah. he's good. So he's a movie star. Yeah. But then there are people that there are actors that you generally know the source of who they are. They don't lose that. Yeah. But they just make adjustments and they can do whatever they want to do. But they're not, um, you know, it's not like. Um, they're not doing weird voices and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like not learning any accents. People that are mostly themselves yeah. and bringing what that is. Yeah. Or there's like a Benicio del Toro. I remember yeah. when he was first in Usual. He's just coming up to me because he's he was in Usual Suspects and he made this choice of like mumbling every line of sense. Yeah, he's, he's, he mumbled yeah, like, "What the fuck choice he, is this?" He's it was continued amazing. making that choice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a choice he stuck with. <laughs> All right, maybe he's not the example. See, that's no, my. No, it is. My you worked tor- with him though on some. Movie I did. I but when you were younger. I I my tortures. I want to disappear and become somebody else. But yes, you're always going to be. You want to be present. I think it's a present thing. Like for me. Oh yeah, totally and hundred percent. I want to make it look like you do not see any acting, like it's breathing. That's going, right. That's the, right. So person. it's like you're losing yourself, but you're not. You're. It's mostly to be in the moment, like because to lose that self consciousness that you were talking about, you know, to where you're freaked out about this or that, you know, violence or. For me, it's people judging you. You know, it's a unique person that can get on a set and not acknowledge. You know, in in the sense, and do the work in front of you know fifty to a hundred people. You know, surrounding them in different jobs, yes. and to sort of be present and 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 be in that scene, yeah. right? To get past this stuff. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's the the real gift. I mean, you, you know, you lose yourself, but it's just you're not your brain's not spinning your regular shit. So that's how you lose yourself because you're engaged. Engaged in the in the moment, and yeah. what and I like to say, and transcend. So you know, yeah. when you get really lucky, you hit a kind of transcendence. Oh yeah, where the 
all the machinery or the you really enter into the make believe you're right. creating a different reality right i don't know and you feel it like when you come out of the scene where it cut and you're like yeah what <laughs> <laughs> right yes that like i'm just starting to understand that about acting i was kind of like a little bit stupid about it like i didn't like all the waiting around but like if you if you lock into what you're doing and you have enough of a part to really do something yeah it's that's what the payoff is yeah. And you know what I mean? You do your shit and then it's like, all right, we're going to take it. It's going to take an hour and a half before we're set up for the next one. It's like, okay, fine. That one was good. Let's do the next How one. How do you do? And well, this is what's funny about because every job I do, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's you have muscle mem- memory, but yeah. nothing is easier. It's, there's no I was like, wow, I thought this would I'll never coast because <laughs> right. I, I never yeah. want automaticities so i don't and if i find it, you know because sometimes when you come up to you have things that you people then if they imitate it or you're like oh i don't want those to become tricks right but you can see um things you know when i cry i'm look like how i cry i don't know no I, you like can't a- complete when i say i want to lose myself meaning i would love if my voice changed if i didn't look like myself and yeah. this and that but but more importantly than all that, that's another version of ego. Yeah. You want to prove you can transmute, right. transform. But really, I just want to, again, tell the story. I yeah. want to uh, uh, be as honest and rich and multi-layered. I really love contradictions well, I think you, right. in people, in humanity. And that you can pull that, like that. that's your engagement with a script, though. You know, the script will dictate. Yes. Some of that. And and also like I you're one of those people that is you, uniquely yourself. There's there's nothing you can do. <laughs> I don't <laughs> you you know what I mean? Like you're one of those identifiable people like oh that's that that's Juliet. You, you know like there's no way you know which is a good thing. That cuz you're you're you have a rawness and your emotional accessibility that you have with yourself and your your willingness to to be open is what engages that that weird authentic thing that you have. That's neat. Don't you think so? Well, yeah, I don't I <laughs> That's neat. I was trying to yeah. I like this. Yeah. I'm like, how will he describe what I do? <laughs> that sounds pretty good. <laughs> no, um I know what I'm do feel and what I struggle or what I transcend internally, but yes, it's funny externally when early on when when People, a few people started imitating or making fun right, of me. Like I was like, SNL "Oh shit!" That, yeah, yeah, I got some SNL imitations. Yeah. And the good thing is, I never was too. Oh yeah, who did that? Was that uh, where they did the retainer? Thing? I think it was Janine Garofalo. Oh but yeah, they yeah, did yeah. a lot of mannered, yeah, yeah stuff. Yeah. And you got to understand, at the time before I did KVR, I did freaking eighties sitcoms where they didn't want any naturalism it was yeah. like don't move your hands stand up straight so you're getting Lots those parts i was right before the little girl thing yes yeah and it was super weird they were trying to conform right uh, me uh, uh early it's a hilarious story i tell before i got cape fear yeah. they hired an acting coach for me to yeah. get me to stop acting natural <laughs> oh really basically yeah yeah just because oh, you're fidgeting it was a sitcom. you're doing your thing well and yeah. i was like leaning against yeah. the sofa <laughs> and behaving like a freaking right, teenager right right, right. Uh, knowingly yeah and they wanted uh, these gee dad yeah. you don't know you know this yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So right. that was the great, that was hilarious. Oh, that is funny. So everything they were trying to, I almost gave it up at 16, and then I got the audition, and then I always say that everything, they were um, already validated what I needed uh, to carry Scorsese. on. Yes. Yeah. True. Oh, right. Like, special. He was going, yes, you know, and yeah. he knew to like, let me go he just sort of gave me the the room the space and the material and mm. all those he, he's just a genius because he knows what each actor needs like yeah. i didn't know i didn't again i'm not academic. 18, right? i wasn't academically trained yeah. either so so it was all instincts right and he helped cultivate right that my instincts basically so that was like a, a whole graduate level 100 yeah. percent. i always say my directors are, were my teachers and that and so that's when everything now your folks were okay with you acting obviously right yeah um yeah yeah again <laughs> my when i jokingly we which i love we have great humor in my family and with my mom yeah when i said they're neglectful i mean yeah they're busy yeah. folks i had the opposite of what you hear like you're gonna do this and right you know and yeah um, right 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 so the point is they sort of anything their kids my dad was a great facilitator like oh you're interested in like my brother he gave a camera to because my brother was watching tv and he loved yeah. videos right. so he gave him a camera right um, yeah, and I took like dance and singing and all this little stuff as a kid. So after Cape Fear, though, that was a huge movie. You work with De Niro, and you and you work with uh, Nick Nolte, and um, who was the mom? Jessica Lange. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's a wild a movie, movie of greats. Yeah, and and that was exciting for you. Were you able to keep your shit together? Or yeah, it, yeah. what's funny? I had another full circle moment when I got to have a dinner with. De Niro and Scorsese, Harvey Cattell. Yeah, who played my. Dad. When was this? Um, recently at the um AARP. Uh huh. Who's Award. I handed. I gave Marty an award, oh. and had a just beautiful. I've had a few like a tribute to De Niro some yeah. years ago. Where I got to speak and. Oh yeah. Uh, but my point is, at that time, it all worked for me. I never. I didn't really. I didn't know what they meant. To right. American oh, yeah, cinema, sure, sure. so my naivete yeah. worked great, right? Because I didn't know to be shitting my pants, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on this job, yeah. All I wanted, I just wanted to do a really. All I uh, knew is that this was the time, yeah. Like you better, you right. Better do something, yeah. You better really make be powerful, and to, that for me, that's by being as honest, yeah, and rich as possible, yeah. In it, playing the young girl, but M Marty, what's so great is he wanted a fully f dimensional, you know, not these vapid sure. um, things right. we'd seen on screen. He wanted this the family, and he actually because it was a remake from the fifties. Sure. He wanted the family to have all this subversion and and complexity, moral you know, complexity, exactly. Right, because the daughters, yeah, the, the mad. Gregory Peck character was not like that. Exactly. Yeah. So he made that clear to all of us. And so every scene had a thing of, you know, where the family distrust. Sexual tension. Yeah. Mor yeah. Or, or moral dubiousness, masculinity issues. Yeah, yeah. All of that. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. He really kind of uh, expanded the, um, the whole uh, subtext of the movie. Yes. Yeah. And ma so it makes it scarier. It's funny because I did a scene, one scene with De Niro. You know, in the Joker, 
Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. You were in the jail. Yes. For a second. Right. But, like, I was uh, very excited about it, and I was able to respect what was happening, enjoy what was happening, and even with Joaquin, who was not communicative because he was immersed. Yeah. You know, I was like, all right, you know, I'm not going to judge him for that. He's yeah. doing what he's doing. No, I worked with a friend like that. I was like, we are completely different, but you know what? That's what it takes to get you to go there. And <laughs> yeah. for me, I got to step out of it right. when we say cut. I can't, oh, yeah. oh, right. I can't, I can't sit in this. Right. So yeah, we're not going to be talking at the craft services That's table. That's it. <laughs> you can, you can go over there and brood and talk to yourself. That was G- Giovanni, Giovanni oh, Ribisi. Yeah. We, I don't think he'll mind me. I mean, that's how he worked. I've interviewed him. At that time. You did? Yeah, yeah. A while back. A while back. He's intense, back. but he had to very stay intense. in it. Great we actor. Were, great actor. That's what I'm saying. If you if you weren't good, <laughs> then I would judge you harder. He, he's kind of done some sort of like amazing work. Yes. Uh, in the past. Like in, in movies that I don't think people really know. Yeah. Like, you know, I've seen him as he got older, but like that that shit he did in that, in that movie with... Um, what was it called? The Gift? Yes. Yes. Oh, man. The Blue Diamond shit. He's I mean. so funny because he won't let you compliment him. He's uh-huh. one of those. He can't. Uh-huh. But now I think he's old enough. I'm like, shut up. You're a titan. This was my new, the lingo that yeah. came out of me. Because, Are you guys friends? Yes. Yeah. I'm best friends with his sister. Um, but he did a movie. We just did this little independent movie recently called from the james fry book about oh, yeah, a million little pieces the one that turned out to be bullshit the book yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i wouldn't go no so no i talked maybe to him it was just him. one uh, bit he, he whatever it I was have a problem yeah. with that too it's like unless it's i don't know we could that's a if you're a writer i mean can't we when we sit and talk sometimes we exaggerate oh, no, stories. No, no, or no, what no, was okay. the problem i don't know what he did no at the time he, like lie saying just, i got arrested and you didn't get arrested. yeah he manufactured a lot of the story okay. and he's a good writer that was right. always the thing with him was sort of like why didn't you just just say, say this is my friends yeah, yeah. that is true okay. you, you know and he sort of he took a hit for it and he's one of the first ones to really get nailed like that. that's it uh, and like he, you know, it hit him pretty hard. And, but you know, it was clear Ugh. that he was a good writer. But they're making a movie of, of it. They made it, oh. it, and it's one of the. You know, it's really hard to oh, I do. I can't remember when did it come small out. Small films. It had a, a you know a little release at our uh, ArcLight here. I mean, all over yeah, a yeah. limited limited release. It starred Aaron Taylor Johnson and right. directed. Um, by Sam Taylor Johnson, who's an incredible filmmaker. They're married. Okay. Um, it's beautiful. It's very poetic. But she, anyway, Giovanni was in that and is is transcendent. Do I say transcendental? Transcendent. No, transcendent. It's good. He's phenomenal. And in his it. sister acted, but does she do it anymore? Or is it there? Is it another one? Or is there two? It, no, it's Marissa Ribisi. She totally was an actor for a while, and that, it's not really her thing. She wrote. She was the friend. I love this. Comes full circle. Yeah. That I did. Some girl. She wrote that with uh, my other good best friend, Bree Schaefer. Yeah. They wrote this really cool L.A. Oh, story right, script right, called right, "Some right, Girl That Mike right. Rappaport Was In." Right. Um. But she's she's a mom of two. Oh. And she did some designing, clothes designing. She's just one of these creative. Months, right, but she's not really an actor person. Yeah, because I talked to him a while ago. It got, it, you know, I think it was a good interview, but it got tense because I asked him about the church. Yeah, and it gets a little weird sometimes. I thought we could. I thought that would come up, and I have all. Oh, you got. Oh, so you've known for them you through and that. I. Yeah, you. What? You've known them through that. Vonnie, um, no. Oh, we have. There's a whole bunch of friends that I have from Los Angeles, right. but not specifically through Scientology. But you, you grew up in it. 
Um, let's see how I would define this. Again, because my parents weren't, they're very like, um, I would call it free thinkers. Right, sure. But the, the, the problem with the discussion of Scientology is yeah. there's so much, um, I don't know if you'd call it folklore, that might be true for other people and right. their experience. Yeah. That's the whole thing. So, so the point is to grow up in something. Nothing was ever forced on me. Not right. schooling, right. not my profession, right. not right. religion. So I didn't grow up in a household like this is what we believe right. and this guy is a deity right. and I did grow up with there's concepts in Scientology sure. like we had things like um it, uh, it's really basic stuff like yeah. c- communicating or val- valuing right. what a little kid uh, their point of view. Uh-huh. Uh, it's the, these are things not written, but that right. you should listen sure. to people. Right. Um, but as far there's a metaphor I wanted to use of like, because all this stuff it's so bad about Scientology, and what do you I, mean this stuff? This stuff that you oh there, with there the is, TV show, all the stuff that. But there is there is reality to that. It wasn't I, your reality. It's not my reality. Right. So it's like. I always make the analogy, and first of all, I'm a spiritualist. Uh-huh. If you want to define me, I don't like when me as Juliet is defined by some yeah. something else well, or I think an association people... with right, 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 right. It, as right. far as like my philosophical beliefs, yeah, I have everything from the tethered to soul. Is that the latest? Yeah. That's the latest book. The untethered soul. Untethered soul. Not tethered. Right. And then I just got this other book called Welcoming the Unwelcome, <laughs> which is all I'm trying to fucking figure out. You know, I have a friend, four, three friends who have stage four cancer. Oh. I have a friend who fell on his bike, is in the hospital. So all these things are, yeah. are hard to navigate. Um, but back to the Scientology discussion. Yeah. So here's the, me- uh, the analogy. Yeah. If someone came out and did a show yeah. on veganism and sure. how if you uh, veganism it made me sick my right organs right. this happened and this happened and you have another person who's like well that's it was my experience is totally different right um <clears throat> i i'm not i'm in no place to ever invalidate someone else's experience but i don't want my experience to be invalidated too or or associated with associated that's the other thing is some of these people who have all the negative slant they'll take anybody's name who's been associated with scientology and say that you're condoning these horrible feeling uh, things that they have I'm not any. That's well. Not... The weird thing was to me, like, and I'm no historian about it, so like, I, you know, I really can't do the sort of uh, kind of like, um, like the pressing in depth or pressing interview about it. But you know, like any sort of modern belief system or or something that seems or starts out as a cult, is that there was a time where the ideas were out there and free to take. Uh, and utilize how anyone might want to. There were people who entered Scientology in the 70s as a self-help sort of option, uh, took what they needed from it and moved on. Yeah. There are very smart people that you know read some of the stuff of uh, Hubbard's 
process and uh, and 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 validated it and used it in their life, but didn't get locked into the church. Yeah. And then there's levels within the church, it seems, of you know adepts, new people, the way the church has evolved over time, the depth of the teachings, uh, you know what it requires of you financially. That like any other sort of racket, uh, you know, causes trouble, causes problems. And the people who are explaining that are people that are disgruntled and upset. Or, or in some cases, they felt you know abused and violated. Yes, and that's where I'm like, if you ever think or have experienced abuse, yeah. do all the appropriate channels sure. to nail anybody to the wall. Well, what was your experience with it? Do you still me? Mine is sort of come and go as you please. Right. I've done read books. I've done yeah. some courses. Right. I've done the auditing, which is their the equivalent of you know sitting talking yeah. and delving into your mind. And, yeah. And I had uh, things that were really helpful for me yeah. early on, um, but that's so I don't have the thing of uh, that I'm owned or tied into well, something, right? It or could... even the I don't have this thing of um, I'm an opinionated, questioning sure. person. And also, you went through some serious <laughs> shit, some serious turmoil and trouble yeah. and crisis in your life. And, you know, it didn't seem to, you, you know, offer whatever support was necessary. Oh, to... no, I did get help at this time when I was 22. Oh, you did? Oh, from, yeah. from the church? I don't even like this term, All right, from, the from, church. From the organization. But, yeah, like doing, doing, it's it's something you sort of, you learn and you apply. Okay, so if there's yeah. little things like um, everything, the, Hubbard has written down things like, a locational this yeah. thing a process you do where you orient yourself in the environment yeah. if you're feeling overwhelmed uh-huh. so there's like little oh, things yeah. like this right. you would never hear right. about because you only hear about uh, this all this other stuff with uh, money and stuff like that but right, I, the specific writings and teachings you don't hear about that's for sure yeah, yeah where you're like what are people into people mock it more than anything else they yeah, mock the or, thetans and they mock holding the cans exactly <laughs> yeah, right. which I can can take mocking of all different kinds I, I, yeah. I don't care what I do care about is do not take my name that I worked <laughs> that I live in my skin and uh, associate it with a story that's not my own. That, right. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, our experience sure. Sure. that are not my own. That's all. Yeah, that's yeah. all I'd ask. That's all I would give uh, to somebody else. But as far as and also money and shit, I don't. I pay. You know, I get Reiki healing. I'm really into this. I do acupuncture. Yeah. These are things uh, paid for. Anyway, okay. So wait. But what does that mean? So you do give. I'm saying you pay for a, a service, any sort of spiritual. But I don't, I don't have it. People are looking at what about the hundred thousand? That's not my experience. You, I don't, you don't. It's not. I don't. Ha- don't. I didn't pay a hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> okay, so don't I don't do, know. That's yeah. not my experience. Yeah, maybe it was yours. You're not part of the tithing. No. Okay. So wait. So yeah. now tell me. Um, so locational. Yeah. I like that. Locational is good. And you'll see some of this stuff is like. It's common sense stuff. Sure. But yeah, looking around. I've had, I've used that when I was. Well, it's sort of like a, a, an extension. Orienting of, yourself. Like when you're about to do a, a show, you can look around. I'll look to the back of the room. But look yeah, to it's the like side. that moment you had at the Stone Show. That's it. Yeah. So maybe it's I sort was of doing something. Re- rooted in that. Yeah. But what was the, like, how did, because like, I'm fortunate in that I've never gotten that famous. Yeah. Like, I, I keep a kind of mid level presence yeah, publicly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, my celebrity has never achieved, I can still live a comfortable life and go to the store. Right. So, 
when when all that started happening to you, yeah. what was the direct effect? Like, how did you know that you were losing it? Like, what was it that you felt caused it outside of like the going to the supermarket and f- feeling the fear of violence? What, what was? Well, before that, it wasn't. It didn't go straight to that. It was just more the energy shift. Like when natural born killers, not- right? <laughs> right. No, I saw that recently. Another full circle moment was totally crazy, but Oliver and Woody Harrelson. Yeah, so yeah. Oliver, so Woody Harrelson, they were screening. 25th anniversary of Natural Killing. Yeah, I think I talked to Woody like the day of that Oh, thing. my God. Yeah. And I love Woody so much. Oliver, you know, he's a funny guy. Yeah. Um, But I watched it, and I am all raw <laughs> fucking... Yeah. I knew, but, I, but he... See, Oliver let... He wanted the playing field. He wanted every idea you had. You sort of, it was like a guttural purging. Yeah. He, he, he created the environment. We could improvise. We could yeah. do all the, because I knew I was sort of going to wield lightning. But also I have to assume that as an actress and somebody who's a searcher like you and in and, and the idea of, uh, you know, you know, getting out of yourself, I mean, you know, to take, you know, to, to push the envelope given the opportunity must have been pretty relieving. It was really fun. So yes, there's these movies that yeah. I that shaped me, yeah. and Natural Born Killers is one of them because Oliver wanted you. You could not be lazy. Like you, he just wanted every idea. So he really valued people's creativity. And yeah. Like I'd show up, I wrote, I wrote a scene, and be like, "Yeah, let's do that." Um, and it was psychedelic. It was a psychedelic film yeah. in that you're going to go, okay, you're driving in a car and you're trying to get away from the cops, but there's demons running by the window. Right. So just act that. <laughs> you're like, how the <laughs> fuck? What does that look like? You're on mushrooms, yeah. fearing the cops, yeah. and then there's devil people. You know, so so it's the ultimate what make believe yeah. shaping you up. You know, and I, I for me it's a flawed. It's I, I almost say it's a little bit campy, but I know I uh, you know scared a lot of people. So uh, that's as cool. a comic, I thought that the the weird thing on TV with Rodney Dangerfield, yes. that was the fucking greatest. Like it was weird and fucked up. Yes, to get Rodney into that zone. Like who dreamt that up? I know, I know that Oliver. How that came about, you know, and they, there's all that friction or history that it was Tarantino's script, and you know, I didn't know this whole backstory. Just the actor coming on, but so a lot of it's Oliver's subversion of what was there, and so he, uh, I sort of said because I was like, if you want it, any, I don't know if Oliver will remember this either. But I said you you can't have a female be this way without some kind. Of, it just never was in history that you, so <laughs> with Eileen Warnes, like all we had of female serial killers are very specific. So yeah. I was like, some of it's got to have um, true um, a backstory yeah. or something. Which I know I, later I talked to Tarantino. He was like, he he hated this idea that. Um, you know, no, Mickey and Mallory are just the way they are, natural-born killers. Yeah. But, so my... That was Tarantino? That was Tarantino. Yeah. But to Oliver, I said, yeah, you got to show, I mean, I don't know, this might be too crazy. You got to show that Mallory came from something that made her um, like a fucking hyena or right. something. And he took that and then did a laugh track 
weird <laughs> sitcom, sitcom thing, yeah. with the family, yeah. laughter with the molestation. You know, so that was his freak show mind. Uh, wow. Isn't that crazy? That so was, you were on the set with Rodney for a day or two? Oh, my God. What a lovable, yeah. lovable, sweet man. <laughs> and I had to jump on his back, and I think I might have hurt his back. <laughs> yeah. Even though I was light, he was like, oh, you know, be easy. I'm not going to try to do it. Be easy, will you? Yes! <laughs> I wasn't going to try hey. to give you an impersonation. Hey, listen, kid. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I tell you. I tell you. Yes, he was like. Well, I think we did a couple cha- uh, takes yeah. of me hopping, jumping on his back, and he was like, "All right, that's enough." Uh, <laughs> but he trying to be a sport in uh, the lunacy. All right, so the transition from anonymous you to not anonymous you oh, yeah. that led to the sort of meltdown. No, I think on the way, you know, earlier you oh, got to go early? earlier. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I was like, I had always that split, split. Uh, yeah. Problem of medicating. I was a crazy pot right. smoker, and then trying to be good, not medicate, yeah. and then all that, um, you know, uh, responsibility. Because you feel sort of responsible for yeah. why you're getting this attention. Yet I was just turning 21, right? And so I remember a switch going off in my mind, going, "Fuck it, right. I'm going to act like any 21." Because yeah. everybody kept saying, "Oh, you're just 21. You're just 20." Because I was. Actually, trying to navigate sort of a grown-up, responsible thing, yeah. I just didn't have the the tools for right. it. Right. So I did get into drugs. Yeah. I never. That's not. I don't really specify. Uh huh. Because then people, you know. they'll hang it on you. Did you get? Yeah. Did you go to rehab or you didn't? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did. Well, I didn't technically go to a rehab, yeah. but I had a a sober, like a person help me. Oh yeah detox and yeah, stuff at, yeah. tw- at 22 yeah yeah that it was, was that it was that type of drug you know, right you right detox. sure so and then- okay i'll just say because i love in drug culture because <laughs> i was a downer person yeah because in drug it was like yeah. what I was fucking upper, acid like, uh, upper, coke yeah, or yeah, yeah. meth or because yeah. so i was <laughs> i was the downer. you like to go down I don't know, or did painkiller? Sure, thing, sure. Whatever. Well, no, I mean, I can tell you're hyper. Why not like level it there out? There you go. <laughs> but for me, <laughs> this is my cold brew, and okay, yeah, whatever. Cold brew, get me Ho- home. Stretch. I think I think cocaine had to. I think it had a riddling effect on mm-hmm. me. Like I like. Were you focused? Yeah. Right. Yes. Froze me up. You know. Yeah, it does that. But so, if you could name then, because like yeah. it's interesting in thinking about the movies, like you know, from. Cape Fear, Natural Born Killers, but then like the you know that even that it wasn't a huge part, but it was a significant part in um, was it uh, husbands and wives? Which was, uh, was it? Oh uh, yeah, that was a big deal. It was a big deal because like you know you played kind of a regular college yeah. student person. <laughs> it's like, it's like look, at, she's fucking normal. Yeah, she's fucking normal. No, here's what's funny. So I had that this. This thing, and you can't. It's just luck of the draw. And you were like the one young character woman in a movie that he had sexual chemistry with that he didn't fuck. On, yeah, in the, in the relationship on the in, in the, movie. the movie. Yeah. So yeah. So here's the trip. I had this run yeah. in the early '90s where yeah. you're like, "What the fuck? Who who gets What's eating this? Gilbert Grape? So that's Lassa of Holstrom. Yeah. I'm a normal sort of Zen girl. I'm telling you, the the Natural Killers was the cap on it, and that's where everyone was like, "Holy shit, this girl is." nuts so it would be so it would go from 
Cape Fear, Husbands and Wives, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, California, Natural Born Killers. There was other movies. Yeah. But those are the ones. Those are the ones that yeah. hit. Yeah. Like summer cult classics like the California. But where I did that didn't hit was the comedy. I did a comedy with uh, Steve Martin. It was a Nora Ephron comedy called oh, yeah. Mixed Nuts. Yeah. With Sandler, yeah. Um, Rita Wilson. That um, dropped after Natural Born Killers, or right? That before? was in between. Yeah, uh, I followed Natural Killers. It hadn't come out yet. Yeah, I did a Steve Martin and little Nora Ephron comedy. Cute. No one saw it. Oh, so ha- had someone saw it, they would have changed <laughs> who I was. But this new, what's, I guess we should talk a little bit about current. <laughs> the Sacred Lies, The Singing Bones. Yeah, it looks pretty intense. It's a good mystery i'm happy to say like it's but it a looks real like... cliffhanger character driven supernatural elements um it feels that way but it's not it's okay more like flashback mm. it's so it's a movie a uh, show not a movie yeah um so this is this new thing facebook watch you yeah. get these offers and you're like what is this yeah. how platform? do you see it yeah oh everyone has it <laughs> it's so simple you just go online yeah. click some buttons and yeah, you're yeah. there Everyone who has a Facebook page. Well, and you can download it like you do Hulu, Apple, blah, 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 on your big remote. I don't know how to work those things. My boyfriend does that. Good. So the point is, this was a great team. You have Rael Tucker, who had done True Lies. No, that's not the name. (sighs) True Blood. True Blood. Thank God. Oh, my God. God. I'm not even pitching correctly. You did it. You did it. She was a a writer. Okay. She's the show creator. It's yeah. character-driven cliffhanger. Uh, is it procedural? No. No, not at all. What I is play it? This... What's the pitch? What's the what's oh, the? Oh God, uh... I'm a, I'm a terrible pitcher. What, but no, but like, what is it about? Oh, so I'm obsessed. I'm sort of this hermit person, shut in. Are you a professional? Not at all. Oh, you're just a person. I'm a person who lost her sister. Who oh. her sister was murdered. Okay. It is what is my driving obsession is to always find and give the identities back to all these cold cases oh. and it's loosely based on an amalgamation of cold cases mm. and all the there's 40,000 I think uh, really uh, uh, unnamed murdered victims is that true fuck I better get my numbers right. a year no For just existing today 40,000 yeah, yeah. Um, but it's something that Rael Tucker the creator was really uh, re- researched uh-huh. it and so there's this really involved story where I befriend a foster girl because we think she might connect, be connected to this, that, and the other. I, I, but I'm obsessed. I'm one of these uh, people that's obsessed with true crime and cold cases, but it comes from a deep place of yeah. trauma. So it's like this really multi-layered character. I guess. Wow. And she's super, no vanity. It was a fun character to play. She's a gay woman who's very, oh, um, but semi-antisocial, but right. has a huge and heart. She, and she just sort of, so you, you, it can go on forever because there's 40,000 of them. Well, no, we're, it, the Singing Bones is this one case. Oh, okay. It's all related to this one case. And they were, it was a season before, I guess they call it an anthology where it's different people, oh, different okay. case each right. time. It's this whole thing now. People do limited series. No, I know. Series. It's the way it's in, instead of movies. I like it. Limited I mean, I series. miss the movies. Don't get me wrong, but I I do like limited series yeah. as well. Now, are we happy for you? Did, like, I didn't realize you did two movies with Brad Pitt. Both of them kind of menacing. <laughs> you did like a Lifetime movie with him <laughs> back in the day, and you did California. 
Okay, let me just say something. It's not a Lifetime movie. (laughs) This was pre-Lifetime, but you could call it an after-school special kind of vibe. Yeah. Early on. But it was before you both were... It was before. We were just two little young actors... He, it's a cool, it's a cool piece of history to come up, you know, come up with him, come up with Leo uh, DiCaprio and Johnny Depp. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And then we did California and that was neat. That was a trip. That was a first time director, Dominic Senna, who went on to do big, huge movies like Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh And do you, do do you talk to Brad ever? I've run it. We've seen each other yeah. places, yeah, at different times. Like yeah, when he was married uh, yeah. um, to Jennifer earlier, um, said hello to both of them, and um, we but happy we're for him? oh my gosh, yes, we're just like it's like people you sort of not school, but you sort of you came up together. So yeah. and he's a very good person. Yeah. So I always wish him well and 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 so i was very happy for his whole year he had and yeah no that's great because i a lot of times i ask people that and they're like yeah i never talk to them anymore no, i don't know what it, like you know obviously you, not everyone keeps in touch with everybody they work with but it sounds like you know you're grateful and happy and it's always good to see oh them and, yeah for sure i mean there's people in your life you do you uh i don't know not family but my ex-husband i mean i was married for a minute we were both <laughs> 26. Yeah. But like, he's like family to me. I don't yeah. talk to him all the time, but I always, sure. you just want health well, and happiness nice. for the you don't have certain any people. Resentment or Not deep. At all. And also, like, I, you know, now I've kind of half been thinking about what you said at the beginning for the entire thing about like, you know, like that you, you part ways with me on my uh, <laughs> opinion of the Rolling Stones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but like, I, I do want to be clear that, you know, I'm not an ageist. That's it, the word I was going to use. Okay, yeah. go on. And, you know, it's just, you know, I love them so much, but I do hold them in a certain place. Yes. And I can appreciate certainly. I mean, the only real negative thing I say is just a little dig at Mick. But like, yeah. look, I'm, I, I bought that blues record. Yeah, Blue and Lonesome. Oh, God and, bless. That's good. And it's <laughs> like one of the best records I've heard in the last decade. So I, wow, I, I do. Wow, that's neat. I well, it's a blues record. Okay. And you know, they Are haven't... they covers? The yeah. Blues... Okay. I'm but it's get like it. a straight up blues okay. record. It's like it could have been the Stones' first album right. with the song list they did. I love hearing that. And it's so you, it's so interesting to see a bunch of those those guys who started out in earnest as a blues band yes. now play the blues straight up. That's it. Because it's unique. Uniquely theirs, because any idiot can play that music. Yes. But the Stones own it as these old guys that have had a whole life. Yes. I mean, I'm, but th- I just want you to know that I do I, I do respect the old dudes. That's awesome. Wait, wait, oh, wait before you leave, wait, one, uh, one other thing was, because when I watched that Stones, it did remind me of when Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. uh, uh, reunited. I, yeah. was at, I got to be at that concert. Yeah. Um, was it for Ahmet? It was a um, guy in business. Sorry, I don't know. Ahmet Ertegun? Yes. Yeah. So they came together. It was- Was the drummer's kid? Bonham's son, yeah. uh, Jason. Yeah. Um, and I had a friend who's very, oh no, the Led Zeppelin 94, uh, 74. Yeah, That's right. it. Yeah, like, right. don't, yeah. don't fuck with me. I don't want to- see. This. Okay. But yeah. I, I saw it and I was just- I, I, I just was like, I don't give a shit. This is yeah. Robert Plant singing. He didn't hit the high notes. Yeah. But he hits, hit a lower <laughs> note. And it's Robert Plant hitting yeah. the note. Jimmy Page, there was a cohesion. And the uh, Jason, yeah. it was 
you're like, okay, touche, because that's those are some tough. It's good. Anyway, I liked it. My friend was not. He was not having it. So I understand. Well, I think but that, I didn't, wasn't a, uh, you know, I wasn't a loyalist at that time. Like, I didn't grow up. I came late well, to, I'm, to yeah, I'm Zeppelin. So, I, well, I remember when I was in high school, like, I'm 56, when In Through the Outdoor came out, which was really the last studio record, I think. And that was, you know, I, that was in the late 70s, probably, if not 1980. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it was still good. But, but I think my the thing with me in terms of my brain is not unlike... Well, you have these guys, you have whatever their work is that, that meant the most to you. It's yes. So, it, it's sort of mythic, right? Yes, of course it and, is. And like, and it's nice. Well, I went and saw the Stones, like the last tour, not the, not the, yeah, I think a couple tours back when I wrote that bit. And it was great. And I, they were really playing. I was excited. Yeah, you acknowledge all of you that. Know, and, you, know, you know, and I really, I got, I, and, I, and I loved <laughs> it. Uh, but, and also, a lot of times, this, the stuff that we're longing for, what we're nostalgic for, was even it was before our fucking time. Yeah, it wasn't even a real memory. It's not even hundred percent. Well, it reminds me of when Prince was touring and how he wouldn't play. Remember, because oh, yeah, of um, yeah, the licensing his thing? religion. No, but he also his religion. It, oh. uh, I forgot what it was. Mm. Jehovah, Jehovah Witness, Witness. Yeah, wouldn't play Little Red Corvette or Darling Nikki. Or he would do these jazzed up yeah, versions right. that fuck with you. Yeah. So they tease you. Yeah. You know, it's a tough thing being an artist because at some point you, it's good to have a fuck you in you yeah. all the time. You, you don't want to, what, am I here to please you? Sure, yeah. You know, so, yeah. You, so it's a good spirit to have, but as an audience, a greedy little yeah. thing. Like, I haven't seen Bob Dylan yet. I don't care. Never? It, it, never. Oh. There's certain people I haven't, I got to see Tom Petty's last show. I, me, I Brad. saw the second to the last one yeah. at the bowl. Was that where it was? At Hollywood Bowl, yeah. I felt those guys fell mm. from the heavens They're and great. it was... Uh, something next to God, it's like great. there was Loved it. top form. If it yeah, was any great. positive, you yeah, could Dylan's, say they went out and top. People love top. Dylan. They, I know guys see him all the time. That you know, he's hit or miss. You know, sometimes yeah. he'll hit it. But like, also, it's like he's a guy that's not afraid to age. Yeah. So, like, you know, he probably is on that's some cool. level, but he's not trying to be anything he, he cool. isn't. I mean, you can hear him. Yeah, you know, he just seems to want to die at a hotel somewhere. Out of, you know, after a state fair show. You know, <laughs> so well, you know if that's the way he wants to go. Why wouldn't he want to do that? He's giving you what he's what he is. Yeah, he's. I'm. I'm. What, where do you live? On the road, man. You know, that's it, right? Yeah. And I love that. And I, you know, I like I like the old guys. I definitely like the old guys. I just, it's a vulnerability that's tricky. Age forces <laughs> a vulnerability. I can see that. Do you know I, what I mean? Which is not bad necessarily, but like you know, having interviewed some of them, some of the like Roger Waters yeah. or Neil Young, you, you know, it's just it's sort of it's just sort of interesting, you know, that they're just they're they're fragile old dudes, you know. Yes. But they are, you know, they are the geniuses. They are the they are the gods. But there they are, just yeah. a little angry old man sitting in front of me. That's it. <laughs> Hundred percent. I can't believe you interviewed those two. Those are who I want to see as well. While we're, uh, it was young. yeah, and then um, Roger Waters, I didn't get to see that the last tour he did. What is it? Two years ago? Yeah, they're 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 great, and they're, it was great to talk to him. But then there's also a part of me being sort of the end of the boomer spectrum, mm-hmm. where really it's sort of like, when do these guys stop? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, it, but they're both so vital and that music is timeless. That's the other thing about music is it's magical like nothing else. It's like people want to hear that song. Play that song that we know, you know, for our whole life. Yeah. You know, sing that song for us. Well, and 
as long as it's vital to people, they don't have to stop. And no. I think it's important for me. I just and I know you see this. I think that's but right. Music is like when my dad he had not to bring it to this yeah. but he had Parkinson's dementia and couldn't mm-hmm. barely was forming sentences and one of our last fun things was listening to Van Halen's uh, Jump oh yeah and and I also took him to a Steely Dan concert he was all Steely Dan when I was growing oh, up right. and he in that time was not sick there was no time at, at that time. There was no when sickness. There's the no music. time. He, you can you can transcend in yeah. the music, and it's it's just so deep and beautiful, and yeah. it's quick, you know it goes right right in right in. All right. Nice. What ending. was this? Nine hours? About about nine. Jesus. But it's great. It was a great nine hours. I feel it. I mean, I have no place to it judge. Was, I hope was, everyone enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I well, did. I did. Okay. I did. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> That was Juliette Lewis. I love her. The series, uh, her series, The Sacred Lies, The Singing Bones, season two is now streaming on Facebook Watch. And don't forget to go to podswag.com slash WTF or WTFpod.com and click on the merch link. Get yourself some stuff from our new decade of domination collection, signed posters, glow-in-the-dark shirts, writing sets with designs by artist Johnny Jones. My Netflix special premieres March 10th. I'll talk to you Thursday. Boomer lives!